This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome back to the program on a football Friday. Joining us, always a treat to get joined by Nate Lundy of You Bet Tonight. And of course, the president here of Mile High Sports. And Nate, uh, it's, up, guys? it's football weekend. Football. And, uh, you know, people like betting on football. And people so we like talking about betting on football. And I was thinking you probably have been thinking about a couple things and might want to share it well the problem is i need to turn around and give back all the money so i i <laughs> killed it last night i absolutely did fantastic last night in part because that game went completely chalk um everything that you would have expected with the exception of george kittle scoring a touchdown everything that you could have predicted happened in that thursday night game last night um and so i'm 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 pretty convinced that next 24 hours i'll turn around and give it all back but you know it was a pretty profitable night last I, night i'll tell you and and you're far more expert on these matters than am i this is how easy that game was initially i had a 20 to 13 when i found mm-hmm. out barkley and thomas weren't playing i <laughs> stayed with the giants at 13 and went to 30 from 20 with the 49ers, yeah. almost picking the game on the nose. And, the, you know, if the Giants had kicked the extra point, I don't understand why they went for oh, two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get why they went for two. I would have been right on the nose. Yeah. I, and, and if I can be right on the nose, that's what you call well, a predictable game. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, uh, Brad Evans and I talked about it on the Fade 5 podcast this morning. I mean, I was like... <laughs> You know, a little chalky, right? I mean, yeah, but so but that happens chalk, um, from time to time. And so the question is, are we about to walk into that in yeah. an overall NFL weekend? Or was that a little bit of an isolated incident? Because we've seen this happen in sports betting. You see this pendulum move back and forth where you get some weekends where things sort of go according to plan. Uh, and then you have some weekends where things go the exact opposite of what you might have thought or what you might have planned. Week one in the NFL is typically that way. Um, because there's a lot of in, unpredictability and, uh, you know, players that have changed, new coaches, things like that. So, um, you know, week one was a struggle. Um, week two was was not bad. Last night was definitely very good. Um, but between the college football and the NFL this weekend, there's college football tonight. Um, there, There's a lot to be able to um, jump into. Now, I'm already on record. Um, I did it um, actually on the Monday edition of our podcast. <laughs> the moment the line came out. Um, I bet on Miami minus six and a half. And I did that on, I did that in part because I had a feeling that it would move to seven and a half by kickoff. Um, but I took it at seven and a half or six and a half. Now there are a number of betting systems that would tell you not to do that. A number of them. Um, there, uh, Brandon Anderson is one of the writers over at action network. Um, and right. Brandon, uh, Brandon refers to it, uh, the Owen two teams in week three. Okay. Brandon refers to it as kitchen sink games because it's, you know, one team of the last 99 that have gone 0 and 3 have made the playoffs, right? I mean, we all know the numbers. Teams since 1979. Right. So it just never happens. You make it to 0 and 3, you're not going to the postseason, right? Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you make it to May 1st and you're the Rockies and you're not going to the postseason. Right. Same, co- yeah, same yeah, concept. That's right. Um, that's exactly like, cool. Right. So the, the Rockies can't make out. it past there's, Mother's Day. There's, uh, there's a number of different um, uh, systems that would tell you that not only should you take the Broncos and the points, but that you should sprinkle a bet on the Broncos on the money line. Um, if you follow oh. a number of oh. the systems and he points them out, and I'm not going to bore you with numbers right now, but I can tell you that it's nearly two thirds of the time. Uh, one example I can give you is when you take an 0-2 team going into week three, so they're 0-2 against the spread 0-2, that lost by less than seven points in week two. Okay. 
have turned around and covered 64% of the time. The Broncos' negative three-point differential is the best for an 0-2 team in the Super Bowl era. And there is the thought process we just heard a little bit not too long ago from Jeff Saturday that the idea that eventually Sean Payton and Russell Wilson will get on the same page and maybe this is the week. Earlier earlier today, as a matter of fact, M- Michael Lombardi, uh, who works over at, at VEASAN, was on the Pat McAfee show. And he made an argument as to why you should pick the Broncos. But at the same time, it's like you can come up with reasons for everything. This is one of those where it felt like a bit of a stretch. And I think six and a half is too much in the Denver-Miami game. I would take Denver in the points here. Wow. Uh, I think Denver, uh, I I like, I think it's a closer game based on my numbers. I like Denver take the six and a half. I like Green Bay lay the two. Those are my two picks for the week, Pat. You're a big Sean Payton guy though, right? You believe in them? Yeah, I do. You think they're going to be able to turn that around? Well, I mean, if Vic plays two like he did last week against Miami, you know, and he did a real against New England, he and he stopped the run with his movement. But the last time they played, I think it was back in 20, 2020, when Vic was in Denver. I mean, Sean put 239 on him running the football. Sean will know how to run the ball. That'll keep the game close. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think they'll keep it close. Look, they had a, they should have won that game last week. It's 21 to three, and Russell turns it over. And then when they got a chance to get back in it, Russell has got Judy wide open. It's going to be a 40-yard gain. He throws it like, I don't know where the hell he threw it. Threw it in the dirt. The kid had to make a great catch. But I, I love the idea. It's like, well, Russell Wilson screwed up that game, but this game will be fine. On top of that, um, does anyone remember who the Broncos quarterback was when Sean Payton and the Saints played the Broncos in 2020? He isn't on the team anymore, by the way, though he should be. <laughs> Here's... Here's the problem. That was with, the game they had no quarterbacks. That's right. That's right. So if you're first, gonna, they ran the ball. You're going to compare the last time Sean Payton <laughs> and Vic Fangio faced off in a game where the Broncos had no quarterbacks, and that's your – I'm sorry, are the Broncos again going to play no quarterbacks? I mean, what what is the argument? Yeah, there's, look, I, I can give you an argument for any side of any bet that you want to make. I can find a way. It, it's the reason why anytime you see – uh, the scroll across the bottom of ESPN, there's never a team that is 100% right. FPI or of VPI to win a game. It doesn't happen. There's always that 1% chance that God knows what will happen, okay? Well, 90% but here's what, is rare. But here's, what, but here's what I will point out to you, okay? Um, Justin Simmons is already out, so is Frank yes. Clark. You guys mm-hmm. have already talked about that, yeah. okay? Over on the Miami side, Jalen Waddell is questionable, okay? Um I think Waddle's going to try to go. I think they're going to try to put him out there. Remember, this is the same team that trotted to a Tagovailoa. Yeah, out there they may be a little nervous about okay? Um So that's the only thing that might keep him off of that. But Tyreek Hill has played the Denver Broncos eleven times in his career. Tyreek Hill is eleven and zero against the Broncos <laughs> in his career. He has a total of eight touchdowns, folks. One of those was a kick return. Two of them were rushing touchdowns, and five of them were through the air. He averages 10 yards a catch when he plays Denver. So, you tell me, riddle me this, Batman, (laughs) if you decide that Jalen Waddell is, in fact, going to play, okay, do you put Pat on him? Do you put Sertan on Waddell? Because that's what would make sense. It would. Okay. So, what are you, who, are you going to put Mathis on Hill? Hill will eat I'll tell you him what you're gonna do. for lunch. You're going to play 80% zone. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. And he's going to burn you and every he's time. And he's going to come underneath too. and chew them That's to pieces. Right. Exactly. He is going right. to absolutely eat you up. So, 
a pick that we made earlier on the pod that I'll make here for you guys on radio if you don't get a chance to listen to the pod, and I do hope you subscribe. Just search for The Fade Five. You can search it on YouTube or you can search it where you get your podcasts. Right now, shockingly, Tyreek Hill is only a minus 105 for an anytime touchdown. How that is not minus 135 or higher, I have no idea. But it's only a minus 105 for him to score a touchdown in this game against a team that he is ritualistically eaten like a bag of candy yeah. on a consistent basis. I would absolutely hammer the hell out of that bet, folks, because I think Hill is finding the end zone against this team, especially you're going to do zone without the quarterback of your secondary available to you and Justin Simmons. <laughs> right. I mean, so we can play all the numbers and we can do all the systems and the stuff that I told you that Brandon Anderson outlines on Action Network if you want to go check it out. But those numbers don't take certain things into account, like missing Frank Clark, Justin Simmons, like having a brand new head coach, like et cetera, et cetera. You get my point. So well, I'm laying the six and a half with Miami and I'm not looking back. If I could just add, there, there's one guy in sports who happens to reside here locally. I feel very sorry for this week because I like him a lot personally. I really feel for Vance Joseph. He's coaching on Sunday for the Broncos. The other defensive coordinator is Vic Fangio, who is Sean Payton's first choice to be defensive coordinator. Right. So he's got that. And then he's got Rex Ryan, who interviewed for the job, desperately wanted the job, was not given the job, going on ESPN this week and absolutely lambasting it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel sorry for Vance Joseph this week, and I'll feel sorry for him still, I suspect, at about 2.15 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think you'll be feeling sorry for him as well. Um, I, I just really do. So in that game, like I said, uh, the fact that Tyreek Hill is nearly even money to score a touchdown to me is just shocking. A uh, couple of the other NFL bets that I like for you on Sunday. Uh, let me throw these out there for you. I like Houston to score under 17 and a half points. I like that too. Um, oh, the okay. reason that that is valuable, and folks, shop it, okay? Look around at the different books, all the ones that you like, um, because a lot of the books have it at 16 and a half. But there are a couple that have it at 17 and a half that gets you up above yeah. that potential two touchdowns and a field goal number. And, it, and so it's a little bit mental, but... Um, I think they will likely wind up below the 16 and a half, by the way. But if you can get it at 17 and a half, take it at 17 and a half. Um, two quarterbacks that I like to throw a pick and their odds, um, it's juiced to high heaven. So put them both together as a two leg parlay. Joshua Dobbs of the Arizona Cardinals facing off with Dallas. Dallas, uh, yeah. Dallas led the league last year in interceptions and they already lead the league this e year. Even without Diggs. Yeah, even, yes. without, even, even without Diggs. Even without him, they still lead the league. They've got five picks so far through the first two weeks. And then Zach Wilson of the Jets against New England. <laughs> just because he's Zach Wilson. Well, but here's here's what I've got to give you. This is this is just wild. That's an easy one. He already has four picks this season. Yeah. Okay. He had seven all of last year, but he's already got four. He's played New England four times in his career. He's 0-4. Right. He's yeah. got two touchdowns, seven picks, and he's been <laughs> sacked 11 times. Bill Belichick, I was talking about Tyreek Hill eating the Broncos for yeah. lunch. Bill Belichick is going to have that bleep-eaten grin on his face over on the sideline because he knows how to get to this kid and rattle 
He gets to a lot of kid quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's going to. So if you take Dobbs for uh, Joshua Dobbs of the Cardinals and Zach Wilson of the Jets, if you take each one of them to throw an interception, pop those two together, you can get it for roughly plus 150, 155, depending upon the book that you look at. Let me give you a third in that that pile because as we now know that Anthony Richardson is not expected to start, I think Gardner Minshew is also likely to chuck one in Baltimore against a Ravens defense that is likely to be aggressive as yeah, well. Yeah, I think most of the Ravens injuries are on offense, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They got a whole slew of them, but more on offense than defense, right? Yeah, and, and and Minshew is kind of a gambler at times. The the, the Colts are likely to be down in that game. Uh, I kind of like the idea yeah, of a Minshew throwing a pick as well. Um, let me give you a, a couple of things for college football. Yeah. Um, I gave this one for this evening, and we're coming up to the start of these games. I actually like all the road teams tonight. <laughs> So, uh, which means somebody's going to screw up, but I like all the road teams in that one. Um, My straight money line upset pick tomorrow has to do with Colorado, but not the Buffs. Give me the Rams to win straight up on the road against Middle Tennessee. They are underdogs by three, um, but Jay Norvell coached teams going back to his time at Nevada are 22-12-1 against the spread following a loss. He makes sure that his guys are ready to go right back and play the very next week. So that goes all the way back to his time with the Wolfpack. But that is an against the spread of almost 65%. So if you want to take the three points, which is what the Rams are as a dog on the road, you can. But they're plus 130 on the money line. And if I'm going to take the three points, I'll probably go ahead and put a half unit bet oh, on yeah. them to win the game straight I like that. up. I like Absolutely. that too. Yeah. Like Especially of, given the play uh, last well, week then, with so, Fallon Nicolosi yeah. at And the narrative is, oh, they're going to be down because they blew it into overtimes and all right. that. But again, go and look at Norvell's record historically. He gets his guys ready following a loss, and he does it consistently. And then um, the last one for me – Folks, Autzen Stadium is one of the most difficult places to play in all of college football, okay? Um, If if you're not familiar with it, I am, okay? I grew up 45 minutes away, and I'm an Oregon State grad. That stadium is difficult, A, because their fan base is fantastic. Even when they sucked back when I was growing up, that fan base was still very, very good. In addition to that, they've, they've got an incredible amount of talent. Um, Unfortunately, he can't keep his mouth shut, but they've got a good head coach. And that stadium is built for noise. It's built as a bowl. It is it's built, a cauldron for noise. It, is, it yeah. is built to be loud. And that's going to be the first time in his college career that Shadur Sanders has had to deal with that. Having been at TCU, that was not a loud crowd okay. at any point in the game. Well, Even when TCU took the lead several yep. times. They just. It, I'm telling you what. Oregon is going to rattle him because he's not going to be able to communicate, and it's going to be on that coaching staff to figure out a way for him to be able to talk to his offense. Now, if what you want to do is still find a way to play that game, because I think it's actually required if you're a Colorado resident to place a bet on Dion, um, I like the idea of pulling the spread down below 20 um, and then deciding where you want to go with the total. You can either hmm. bump it like all the way up to 79 or 80 and play the under, or you can bring it down and play the over. I'm not going to tell you which yeah. way to do it because I will tell you I am not going to bet on this game. <laughs> um, I will tell you it that if, like you, if you handed me $100 of your money and said, what are you doing? I'm laying the 21 points with Oregon. I just, I am. Um, and it, it is because it is in Eugene at Autzen. That is the tiebreaker for me. If this were on a neutral site, 
I would 10,000% take CU with the points. Oh, sure. But I don't trust it until I see how Sanders does in that kind of an environment. Well, and the loss of, of Travis Hunter takes yes. away your best defensive player against an outstanding and offensive team. Maybe and your best offensive maybe your best offensive player with the possible well. exception of the quarterback. Yeah. The, the only thing that's interesting about that is that line opened the over under 72 and a half. It's gone down to 70 as it yeah. stands. And th- that might be tempting, even though that number is crazy, because if – uh, this game could be very high scoring, yeah. uh, but I'm with you. I, I, think the, I don't think it's going to come out on Colorado's uh, side, uh, and I would not be surprised if they didn't cover. And, and you know, I, one of the number one rules of, of betting, the, the first rule of betting is if you're not having fun, then you're not doing it right, so stop. Yeah, um, supposed to be fun. The second one is don't, for, like, just because you are a Buffs fan or a Broncos fan or an Avs fan or a Nuggets fan or whoever, whatever you, your favorite team is, just because you are a fan doesn't mean you need to bet on them. And as exciting as it has been, and I know plenty of CU folks that have made a lot of money in the last three weeks betting on the betting on sure. the Buffs. I know a lot of people that have. They, they, they hit me up on Twitter all the time. Um, this is a weekend where I'd go, eh, I'm good. I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to worry about this one. Um, now – before you think I'm a homer, I think my Oregon State Beavers are going on the road and they're going to lose to Washington State. Interesting. I think Washington State will beat them. Washington State's pretty good. These two teams are both good. Yeah. They are both well coached. And I actually believe this truly comes down to home field. If this game were in Corvallis, I would pick Oregon State. Yeah. I think because it's in, at the Palouse, I'm going to take Washington State and I would take them on the money line. Um, I do also think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, the over-under, I think, is at 60. I would play the under on that one. I think these two are going to go back and forth and back and forth. There could be some field goals involved, things like that. These are two really well-matched teams, um, and it's also obviously the irony that they're the only two left in the Pac-12. But that's an interesting point, though, that, that you're making, because even though this is the, the week where the conference games more or less start, yes. yeah. and unlike the first couple weeks, you're like, eh, we don't really know what some of these teams are going to look like in these positions with conference games. At the NFL side, now we've seen these teams for a couple of games. The stability is a little more predictable in the NFL side. So maybe this is one of those weekends with a lot of those, you know, conference games going that NFL a little more predictable. I have one question for you that's yes, not really related, but it kind of is yes. to the general conversation in September about the University of Colorado. What would be your over-under on millions of viewers <laughs> for CU Oregon? And I ask that. Only because this week in the one thirty time slot, they're going against a number of other attractive games. So I'm guessing it won't be nine point three million. No, I don't think it'll be nine three. I, here's what I think is going to happen to this one because again, I believe the Ducks are going to are going to pull away. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a number that is probably in. I, I'm going to say the low to mid sixes. Okay. Um, and then I think what you're going to see is whatever that number is for the first quarter, it is going to be somewhere between 55 and 60% right. of that by the time you get to the yeah, fourth. I th- yeah, I, I, agree. I think it'll and drop off. And I think what will happen People is because flip. of those games that are existing in that 130 time slot, because of some of sure. the quality um, – games that are there i think you will get people that will start to tune out and or flip back and forth um is ultimately what you're going to wind up having uh i want to leave you guys with one more bet for tonight and it's over in major league baseball go down to uh chavez ravine uh between the giants and the dodgers sean Manaya will be on the mound for san francisco right um 
and you know who loves to face Sean Mania? Mookie Betts. Uh, Mookie Betts has a 10 for 26 lifetime against Sean Mania. That's a 385 oh batting my. average. However, of those 10 hits, two doubles, two triples, three home runs. He has a 962 slugging percentage against <laughs> Mania. Um, so Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts right now, uh, as of about an hour ago, was a minus 105 to have at least two total bases in the game. Um, total yeah. bases are usually plus odds. Um, so it's, I'm not right. surprised to right. see it at minus odds. Uh, but the fact that he has that much success against Mania. Um, I would jump on that one if I were you. And then if you believe that Mookie Betts would get on base, if you do like to get uh, seduced by the juice, as Brad says, and go with the plus odds, Will Smith is plus 140 to have an RBI. Will Smith is batting third tonight. So you put Betts on base, you yeah. get a pretty good shot for Smith to potentially bring uh, him around. So that could be a nice little cash in Major League Baseball uh, for you this evening uh, because, you know, football is tough to predict. These yeah. guys are good. And sometimes the baseball is fun to do, although we're getting to that weird time where you get guys that do like two at bats and then they get pulled. Right. Because we're in that time. Uh, especially where if you're to... with the Dodgers about mm-hmm. now with a, a 13 and a half game lead. Yeah. yeah. But, so, about, but about half the league is still in the wild card chase. Yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> that's right. That's right. And honestly, those are the kinds of things that you look at. Like you, you want to be paying attention to things right now, like the like the Tampa Bay Rays, um, like the Orioles. Well, that's a tight race. That um, right. is one of the few tight races for first. So pay attention to those teams and those matchups. Um, and then the other thing, um, with a hat tip to our friend Matt Kroll over at Altitude Television, watch for some of the young guys that are getting called up. Right. Tampa because, Bay just called up. Because a lot of times you get, of those, top, you get yeah. these kids that have gotten called up and they've been having success at double A or triple A and they come up and these opposing pitchers have never faced them before. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of, of, of track record and these guys come up and you can do simple bets, like bet on them to have a hit in their first sure. game, stuff like that. Sure. Um, it, it pay attention to some of these kids that get called up because these are the kids we're going to be talking about here in the next couple of years. And if you just want an early start on a win on both Saturday and Sunday, just, you know, bet the Cubs against the Rockies. Rockies now lost five in a row. That oh, lost I missed the last uh, two. You know, just, it's, it's safe. I missed a plus seven fifty parlay this afternoon because Cody Bellinger, who had a six seventy batting average uh, coming in, uh, managed to go zero for four. Yeah, Thanks, but they Cody. didn't need him as they uh, blanked the Rockies six zero. As the Rockies now fall five. You mean uh, the Rockies got shut out? Yes, yeah, surprise, right? Shocking. Only the second time in the last three games. But I did. Shocking. But I did say the Cubs would score at least four runs. So there we, you go. We, yeah. we, so we got that, that going for you, Nate. Uh, how can people give you a follow and check out everything you're doing? Uh, it's nice and easy. Uh, I still call it Twitter. I don't care what he wants Me to call too. it. Uh, I am at Nate Lundy there, uh, and in fact, I'm on the. Uh, I, I got videos with the picks posted up on TikTok. I'm I got all kinds one, yeah. of stuff. I got Nate, are you aware that I am on? I X. I saw that. He calls it X because for him it's, that's what it's always been. I th- I it's weird. At first I thought somebody created a like somebody was trying well, you, to. Spook you have it. another one of your employees. Like a parody like, account. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's trying to somebody's trying to pretend. No, no. That's Sandy really is uh, that's right. Sandy is there. Turns out you can tweet on a flip I've phone. even tweeted and, a couple times. And yeah. the other the last thing I'll throw out on the Twitter account at Nate Lundy uh, pinned to the top of my profile, folks. I have a spreadsheet that has all of my picks. It yeah. is completely free. I don't make people subscribe to my crap i don't do that that's stupid um there is a spreadsheet up i'm very transparent you see where i win you see where i lose um and if you look at that spreadsheet you will see why i cannot wait for hockey to start (laughs) (laughs) he is named lundy we'll talk a little bit about the buffaloes again and it seemed like for one week the opposing coach might not give Deion sanders bulletin board material well 
Almost. Dan Lanning finds a way to do it anyway. In the last second, you'll hear from him next on My Life Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. We've just spent a little time talking with Nate Lundy about how the Buffalo's probably, look, people perfectly fair about it. We've talked about it the whole show. Not only are they probably not going to win on Sunday, they're probably going to lose pretty badly, even if they were to cover and lose by, let's say, 14 to 17. That's still a pretty one-sided game. So the expectation is the Buffaloes, especially minus Travis Hunter, are in trouble. They're in trouble oh, on the road. Sure. Uh, quite frankly, Oregon is a deeper team and a better team than the Buffaloes are at the moment. That's why they're ranked 10th. But, again, Deion Sanders does have generally, although I think they maybe overdid it when it came to the Rocky Mountain Showdown and perhaps took the Rams lightly. Yes. But when necessary, Deion Sanders can find Buffalo, bu- bu- Buffalo bulletin board material for the Buffaloes as well as anybody and take things personally. Well, Dan Lanning, the head coach of Oregon, actually paid Deion Sanders a backhanded compliment when the Pac-12 was going on its media day, while sort of making fun of the university itself, pointing out that Colorado hadn't won anything since they had gotten to the Pac-12. Uh, but they moved to the Big 12, in part because of Sanders' fame, which is oh, quite well, probably course. true. Also, by the way, uh, multiple reports that the Buffaloes did get a couple million dollars uh, payout as a signing bonus when essentially for joining the Big 12, for joining sometimes the first in gets a little advantage there. So they, the university made some money by making that jump right out of the gate, which, again, makes it a further smart And move. without the prime interest rate going way up, there would have been no interest in putting Colorado and you into mean, the Big you 12. You mean the coach prime interest rate, not the prime uh, interest that's rate. That's good. That's good. That's a good one. Little plan. Man, I haven't heard that one. How do I not? Plan. The prime interest. Solid. Well, it, it, that's what it, literally it is. I mean, yeah. he's created interest that wasn't there before. Uh, forget about the extra money they're getting. They wouldn't have gotten an offer to join the and Big 12. Without we know coach prime that it's rubbed some people the wrong way because they would like their programs to have that attention and maybe the marketing isn't as savvy and maybe the you know so well he's the best marketer in the history of coaching yeah well dan lanning (laughs) was asked on by he was on sirius xm college football and and asked about the matchup and for the majority of it much like much like jay norvell last week for the majority of it you're sort of nodding your head and going, yeah, okay, that all makes sense. That all makes sense. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, it takes kind of a hard right turn. We can win in a uh, multitude of ways. You know, you talk about going down and having a tough game uh, there at Texas Tech early in the season in the road and uh, having to do it with some takeaways and some resiliency earlier, some big special teams kicks. Um, you talk about a team that, you know, has been explosive at times on offense and a, and a group that's taking care of the ball uh, and taking it away on defense. So, um, certainly not a complete game yet. We're still looking to have one of those, um, but we, we've got a team that's going to have a chance to have some real success this season. Preseason's over, boys. We get to play 
every one of these matter and and all of them matter from the jump anyway um but the way we practice like these guys i promise you their chin straps are buckled tight right and and they got them bra straps pulled in tight on the shoulder pads too we, we don't have to change our mindset when we go out there on the practice field. I mean, at the end of the day, YouTube videos aren't going to win football games, right? you got to play the game between between the white lines, and uh, that's that's the plan for us this week. I'm not really concerned about outside noise. This is all about playing the game, not the occasion. Why? Why? I, I, I don't even understand that this this obsession with YouTube. They just make it worse. Why do they do this to themselves every week? <laughs> and, and I don't think it'll it'll hurt Oregon in the much, in the WL. But right. why even but, take the chance? But the thing is, they are running a national campaign which includes social media. Yes, for Bo Nix to be the Heisman Trophy winner, and they're talking about complaining about uh, YouTube and complaining that they aren't on YouTube as much as. CU is or whatever. Or the CU's focusing they're on all YouTube. Over, they're all over what. social media campaigning for Bo Nix to win the Heisman. Right. Which is fine. But I I mean, I just think it's it's stupid. I mean, it's one thing to be hypocritical. And at Pac-12 Media Day, he was. He was hypocritical. Yeah. Okay, but it didn't reflect badly on Sanders in particular or the CU football program as it's presently constituted in general. It, in this case, why, why throw that out there? It didn't have anything to do with what he was talking about leading up to that. No point. I mean, I you could kind of, maybe, going back and listening, you could find that once he basically got on the track of Preseason is meaningless. This is conference football, uh, intra-conference football, and this is for the big boys. Implication being that right. Colorado's gotten all this attention by beating non-conference teams. Right. And and now the big boys come to the dinner table and they start taking most of the food. I, I, I could kind of see where it wasn't a total deviation, but... It, it, you're right. It it, it kind of came out of nowhere, and the whole YouTube thing. Does this guy have any sense of what the school is doing? And I assume he's part of it in campaigning for Bo Nix being the Heisman Trophy. Winner. But he's not getting the attention for his program. Dan Lanning isn't getting the attention. Exactly right. Exactly. And that's what it boils down to. And it it is it is funny how. Deion Sanders, for whatever reason, has these guys. And look, I still don't think it's, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to make a difference in the WRL. No. But it is funny how just Sanders has the opposing coaches on tilt. The the, the jealousy oh, is tangible. Absolutely. And, and it, Norvell fell into the trap. And Lanning falls into the trap. And it, it, it's just kind of funny to see it keep happening. You know, Matt Rule fell into the trap. Same thing. Matt Rule wanted attention for what he was doing in Nebraska. How come Matt Rule, the former Baylor coach, is not getting more attention? Well, turns out we kind of know why. Probably Landon's case is going to be better. But it, it's it's just what a interesting weapon for a program to have in knowing 
that the other coach is going to be off his game no matter what, to a certain extent, every time out. And, and maybe down the road that will change. But here's the thing. If they lose this game, if they lose versus USC, if they're 3-2 and two in two weeks, if they're 5-4 and four in a month, some of the national attention will fade, but Deion Sanders is going to remain Deion Sanders. Yes. And I, that seems to really bother a lot of these coaches who, uh, Dan Lanning's one of them, should probably be perfectly be comfortable on his standing on his own resume. We, <laughs> he's bringing attention to the coaching profession, which Dan Lanning and all these other guys should appreciate. It's so much more insecure than people thought, isn't they, it? Their insecurity, their so fear. So much more. And I'm sorry, their white privilege shines through. This, I, this is a black guy getting all this attention. And, and I think you have to, you think you have to zoom out quite a bit. I think you have to zoom out quite oh, a bit, not I, look at an I individual. Don't I don't know that. You have to zoom very far out. These are all white coaches saying that this well, kind of thing. And, and Norvell last week got into the dress, which is just bizarre, too. I, I didn't understand that one. I, I admit, I didn't understand Norvell that. Norvell is one. a black but and Native American. I, I, I think, well, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Norvell spoke so graciously earlier in the week about being, he and Dion two of, I think, 14 coaches. Correct. FBS. Very uh, rarely do they get to face off against one another, but, especially but on national television. Boy, I, I was talking to some friends of mine the other night who aren't particularly sports fans, and they were saying, boy, the racism shines through. Boy, it's hard to miss. It, it's unmistakable. And for all the clowns out there, um, in our society who say that it isn't a big part of day-to-day life. All you have to do is look at major college football. And you, you, th- you think he'll have trouble recruiting the best players? Well, watch watch what happens. What I think when, will be when, fascinating. When these young people see examples of overt racism on display week after week after week. I literally, I literally just refreshed the college scoreboard on ESPN. And if you're over at Watch My Land Sports, I'm going to rotate my laptop because the, the one thing on there is a giant Bo Nix ad. Yeah, right there. Come on. I'm worried about YouTube. Oregon, please. Uh, look, they're the better team. They're going to win. What I'm intrigued to see is how the narrative around the Buffs changes from a national standpoint when they're three and one and then everyone can bail off. The Buffs are going to sneak into the college football playoff, which was always silly. But I'm curious to see how that reaction goes. We'll find out, of course, tomorrow when a whole bunch of terrific college football games are on tap. Sunday, the Denver Broncos are in make or break regarding their playoff chances. Justin Simmons is out. Is there a way Look that out, they can below. find a way to win this game at all. We'll take a peek at it and see what we can find next on My Life Sports.
This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Look, football season's upon us. Why bet with the big boys? Everybody does that. Instead, try ends with the local book, Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the book next door. It's just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day using the promo code MILEHIGH. So bet with the best. Use promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's what the Broncos are going to have to do if they're going to win this game. Because, Sandy, let me just get, before we even get into the pretty numbers, let me just make the simple one. Expected points added. Yeah. Per play thus far in the season, the Miami Dolphins offense is number one. Yes. The Denver Broncos defense is number 31. And depending on who you want to talk to, either their best or second best defensive player, that would be Justin Simmons, is going to miss the game. You can talk all you want about how the Broncos offense has to be better, how about how Russell Wilson has to be better, about how they need to solve their running problems. You can talk about all of that, and all of that's true. But here's the thing. If Denver's defense can't slow down what is now, at least at the moment, the most explosive offense in the NFL, they're dead in the water no matter what Russell Wilson looks like. Well, I feel sorry for Vance Joseph. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, he's going up against Mike McDaniel who is uh, one of the great play callers in the league. Uh, definitely top five among oh, play callers yeah. in the NFL and maybe top three. Uh, top I'd, say, I'd say top, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle, you want. Kyle might be in a class by himself. I mean, and, and he has the players to do I it personally with, think Mike McDaniel's right with him. I watched the game last night right with him. for a half, and not because it was even competitive for that long, but because I just love watching the 49ers operate on offense. And you talk about positionless players, which we have talked about quite yeah, a this bit week. this week. Boy, uh, I mean, McCaffrey, Debo, Yushchek, uh, uh, the fullback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Herb Street had a great line. So you put Yushchek in the game. The other team is looking over and say, let's see, is he a tight end? Is he an H-back? Is he a fullback? Is he a running back? Is he, uh, you know, line up wide? They do all those things with him. He's a positionless player. They... they they do that so often, and it's old-fashioned, but, you know, with a Shanahan coach team, the wide receiver is going to block there's, like yep, crazy. Yep, there's always just and, a little wrinkle. And, right, and and there's always going to be a little bit of something that uh, the other side's not expecting, but they have so many ways to attack you, and they, uh, boy, when they get rolling, and it might take them a little while, but it isn't one of those teams that they're great with a script and then afterwards there's kind of a lull. They, they're almost the other way around. When they get away from the script and they see what works, then they start to roll. Right. And they mix the pass and the run so beautifully. And I'm sorry, I, I, I thought Christian McCaffrey was going to be very, very, very good. And when he was drafted eighth overall by Carolina, I didn't see anything particularly wrong with that. He is so much better, particularly in the wake of all the injuries he had at Carolina toward the end of his time there. He is so much better right now than I thought he'd be at this stage of his career. 
I mean, he can run over people. He can run around people. He can run a pass pattern. He blocks. I mean, he's just a sensational football player. And I've said for years, um, maybe not so much last year, but for the most part, Debo Samuel is a top five football player I love in the Debo NFL. Samuel. And they didn't have Brandon Ayuk, who right. was off to a fantastic start, the wide receiver last night. They didn't have him. And they didn't miss a beat. And the, you could tell the Giants defensively were primed because they didn't have a sack and they almost, I, I, I don't know how many pressures they had, but it wasn't many if it was any in the first two games. So you knew Don Martindale, who was here as a defensive coordinator. And I, I happen to be one who thinks, and maybe I'm affected by his time here, I think he's a little overrated. But anyway, you knew he'd have blitzes and he'd have wrinkles last night that they could have practiced in the walkthroughs during the week. And he had all that. And it took the 49ers about two series to figure all that out. And then they were able to move the ball any which way they chose. And, boy, uh, they're a joy to watch. And a guy a guy sitting next to me last night watching the game said, oh, you must be a 49er fan. And I said, no, I just like well-executed football and on defense you know <laughs> they have the personnel uh yeah on offense it doesn't matter what personnel grouping is in the game they're dangerous and i just I, I like watching teams that execute well and know what they're doing because there are plenty of teams including the local one here that has no idea what it's doing on offense and hasn't for the better part of nine years is there anything that you can come up with besides just getting immensely lucky that the Denver Broncos can do to and, and let's let's not even let's not even get a, let's let's not get silly with it. The Dolphins are going to score. Is there anything the Broncos can do to at least keep pace because the Dolphins' defense is not amazing it is certainly not no but they got fangio they're 23rd in in the same rankings so they're not we know how fangio can so easily take offense and we talked about it earlier this week it was in mark kisler's column today vic fangio turned the job down here because he still resents the broncos firing him and of course when vance joseph was hired as head coach he was hired after being defensive coordinator of the dolphins for one year for one year in which they actually jumped into the top 10, and that's kind of what got him there. But, I mean, it, it, is there anything you can envision that the Broncos can do? Was there anything you've seen in the first two weeks that make you think that they can get to, let's say, uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, they've got to, I think they've probably got to get to at least 24, 25 points to even be in the game, and that's probably yeah. not even enough. But is there something they can do to get to that? I don't see it. I, I mean, the Chargers got into a, kind of a racehorse game with Miami in week one on their home field. And Miami beat them 36-34. And then Miami in kind of a slugfest last week, smash mouth football against New England, won 24-17 and kind of took the pressure off offensively in the second half, just kind of nursed their lead and, didn't turn the ball over. They knew as long as they didn't beat themselves, there was no way the Patriots could score enough points to beat them. And I think that's kind of going to be their approach. I mean, they'll be aggressive, 
but I think their idea going in is if we don't get beat on the turnover battle, there's no way they can beat us. We can beat ourselves or put ourselves in danger of losing the game, but there's nothing they can do to beat us. There's nothing really they can do to keep the game I mean, close if that's the case, you're talking about mistakes. the Denver Broncos playoff chances basically be being eliminated three games in. That's right. Season over. As it was under Fangio, mm-hmm. remember? They mm-hmm. started 0-4 in 2019 and 0-3 in 2020, and their seasons were over both times before, practically before September was out. They, they were done. And conversely, when they started 3-0 and and Fangio's last year here, we all know it didn't mean anything because they literally beat the three worst teams in football that every one of the other 28 teams would have also beaten and gone 3-0. and We'll have to take a look at what that means. Maybe the Broncos shock the world. We will see. But I, I agree with Sandy when he said earlier in the week, I think the Buffs have a better chance of winning in Oregon yes. than the Broncos yes. do in Miami. And I'll tell you what, I don't like the Buffs' chances in Oregon. So... Uh, we will see what we talk about on a Monday when we react to both of those, let's say, presumed losses. And who knows? You know, maybe a well, pleasant surprise, right? That's the uh, that's the pessimist creed. If you assume the worst is going to happen, the only thing that could happen is a pleasant surprise. So well, think about it that way. Uh, yes, I just invited you to be pessimistic on a weekend. I don't normally do that. But, hey, desperate times, desperate measures. Thanks to Danny Bailey making everything work for us. Thanks to Nate Lundy for stopping in, giving us some bets. And remember, you can follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Lundy, and he puts that spreadsheet with everything he's doing sitting right there. So if you want to follow or fade, you can do that as well, too. We'll be back to talk about all of this on Monday. I know there will be a lot one way or another. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, Have a great, positive feeling about everything except football, in which case, yes, I take that pessimist thing because then you won't be unpleasantly surprised. (laughs) For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back on Monday, but keep it right here on My Life Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. How is your mom's party? I saw the fire in your eyes. I saw the fire when I look into your eyes. Michael uh, Jr. Porter. I said, forget about it, Kurt. Talk bastards.